You're listening to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. This is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Donnelly, founder of Agape Moms, and I'm just so excited that you could join me for this first episode of a brand new year. Here on the podcast, we emphasize discovering you on the journey through. And what that means to me is I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, of power, and of purpose. And I believe that she can do it right through the things that God is carrying her through in her season as a single mom. Today here on the podcast, we're going to tackle a really sticky subject. We're talking about loneliness. This is something I know all of us have had to confront and continue to confront in our season as single moms. And I know 2020 put us through it. 2020 really stretched us when it came to being isolated and having these feelings of, of just longing and desperation even for connection. And I got to say, though, I'm not mad at 2020 because I learned a lot last year about how to be alone without being lonely. And God revealed a lot of things to me last year, definitely through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of mistakes that I want to pass along to you. So the first thing I want to do is challenge that idea that loneliness comes from being alone. And certainly being alone and isolation does not help, not at all. (laughs) But it also is something that when we think that it comes from being alone, then we tend to think the answer is, well, if I just go and get into a relationship with somebody, then I won't be lonely anymore. I know you can relate to me when I say, though, that some of the deepest loneliness that you may have ever experienced in your life may have come in the context of relationship. And I can say for myself that definitely has been true. There is a loneliness that you experience being solo, that's for sure. But there's also this deep sadness that comes along with being in a relationship that's unhealthy and when you then feel overlooked and passed over and neglected by being in that kind of relationship. And so all that to say though, if loneliness can come in a relationship, the hope then for us who are on our own right now is that we don't have to feel lonely then, that If being alone or not alone does not necessarily have any bearing on whether or not we experience loneliness, then it means that there's something that we can do about it. There's something that we can grow in. So I feel it's essential right off the bat for us to then really dive into what is loneliness then. And I've done some research on this subject and the definition that helps me to understand loneliness the best is looking at it as an emotional distress that comes from feeling separated, misunderstood, or rejected. And when we look at the two parts, we look at emotional distress, that encompasses a variety of feelings that we might experience. For some of us, it's an anxiety about being in a relationship and feeling swallowed up by that. For some of us, it's the experience of loneliness that feels like an anxiety that comes from being disconnected and not having a connection to somebody. It can look like a depression. It can look like anger. It can look like 
perhaps even this hopelessness that we're not ever going to be able to acquire what it is that we want in life through relationships. And then knowing that this comes distinctly with feeling separated or not able to access connection in a way that feels fulfilling, that's where a lot of that powerlessness comes from. And so what results is this feeling of just not feeling like you belong anywhere, not feeling like you have a place, not feeling like you fit in. And so the way that we conceive of that then often looks like either there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with other people, why I'm not able to connect with people in a way that feels fulfilling and safe. And for some of us, you may recognize this pattern as something that actually started in your younger years. If I look at myself, where that feeling of not wanting to be disconnected or that feeling of being misunderstood really came from, started as a, as a young girl, as a, as a child. And then I began to cope in certain ways that as I moved through adolescence and moved into adult relationships and things like that, that this sense of me not fitting in or something being wrong with me really has followed me my entire life. And then even after my divorce, getting into relationships where I felt like that real, true, fulfilling relationship was just right out of my grasp, right out of reach, I had to take a pause and go, I am doing something wrong here. I am doing something that is causing me this experience of disconnection. And it's happened whether I've been alone. And so there's got to be a way that I can get to the bottom of this. And one of the things that God helped me to realize in this season is this pervasive feeling of anxiety that has just followed me my entire life. And that that anxiety has been very often rooted in me feeling like I'm not enough and believing the deception that there is something wrong with me. And as I've looked at it as well, I've also been repelled in relationships where I've looked at it as there's something just wrong with all these other people. They don't get me. And so it's actually kind of two sides of the same coin, but we may tend to gravitate towards one more than the other. I tend to gravitate towards that sense that like there's something not right with me. And God has really helped me to understand that that's not the case and to correct my sense of myself. And he did that really in isolation in 2020 with me having to spend so much more time alone with myself to actually start to like being alone, like myself, like the things that he's put into me and see the value in myself that I was no longer needing to connect with other people to gain that. And it doesn't mean that I don't need to connect with anybody anymore. That's not the case. I really love being with people. I'm a social person, but I don't need it the same way anymore. But in understanding that neediness, he, under, he helped me to see where I had established a pattern of feeling like I needed to have my needs met outside of myself or that I had this anxiety that could only be met through these various coping strategies. And each of us has different coping strategies. But the sense of loneliness, while it may have started in our younger years, that our coping has some, been something that maybe we've walked through and developed over time. And that if we're not aware of those patterns, then we don't change it. And it keeps us stuck in a cycle. Basically, what that cycle is all built around is, I feel like my peace is being disturbed. How do I get it back? And so we might either look around us 
and look and see who can give me what I need and how can I get it. Or we might say, I'm going to shut myself in. I'm going to put up this wall. I'm going to hang back here. I don't want anybody to mess up my peace. And so I'm just going to take care of myself. And both are basically on a spectrum of coping that we're using to work through the sense of our peace being disturbed. This is something I've mentioned before on the podcast with the quiz that I have. And it's at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. But if you go there, it's what's your loneliness type and you get a sense for, do you go for one side of the spectrum or the other? Are you doing things that are more putting your peace in the hands of other people and trying to grab at it that way? Or are you holding on to your peace and trying to keep it protected behind a wall? Both of these behaviors, we don't even recognize that we're doing it very often, and sometimes they can you can do both, and you can do both in different relationships, but we don't often see that we're really even doing those things, and then we're in this cycle of unfulfilling relationships that keep us feeling like we don't belong, and it's because we are actually doing things that are causing us to not belong. We are either seeking out relationships we're putting too much trust in people that we shouldn't, and we're seeking out relationships that are inevitably going to hurt us, and then pulling back from those and going, oh, see, there is something wrong with me. Or we are keeping people away from us, we're pushing people away, we do things to protect ourselves, and we go, see, nobody gets me. Nobody, nobody is worth trusting. Nobody can really understand who I am or what I need. And both of those things keep us stuck. And I'm not saying these patterns haven't come from very legitimate places. We have all experienced some kind of significant hurt in our lives. Some that may have come from your family of origin. Some that may have come from relationships that you had as an adolescent or a teenager or things that happened. So we build up these walls or we create these ways of coping that are natural for the things that we've been through but God has the cure and the answer for us in all of this that despite the hurt that we've gone through despite the ways that we may have tried to handle it in the past that when we can rightly reconnect to him and reconnect to ourselves that there is a way out of this that even if we are alone that we don't have to experience this sense of powerlessness and desperation that we can move through our lives and enjoy really fulfilling relationships of all kinds and experience a really thriving and abundant life and move into the things that he has for us. I'm going to take a break, but we're going to talk about that in just a second. I'd like to take a pause here for a moment and mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that's available to you through an app. And in that app, you are able to message a counselor. You're able to schedule and have video chats and sessions with them and get to the bottom of some of the things that maybe you've been carrying around with you that have been giving you trouble through your life and relationships. You can actually get 10% off your first month if you'd like to give Faithful Counseling a try. And you can do that by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. One of the greatest breakthroughs for me in my single season and really in my life when it comes to 
loneliness is understanding that I can fix it. <laughs> I always felt like this longing was in somebody else's hands and there was just no way until I was in a relationship again that I was going to be able to experience life without this longing and sadness and desperation. And God helped me to truly understand that it is possible for us to break free of those feelings. And then that leads us into the life that he had designed for us all along. Our lives were a treasure to God when he first conceived of us and created us. And we can see ourselves that way. And then that actually moves us into really good, healthy relationships when we can look at our lives as valuable outside of relationship. We can look at ourselves as worthy and loved right off the bat. And so one of the things I want to start off with is Philippians 4.7. And Philippians 4.7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The reason that this verse jumped out at me in understanding my own connectivity to God is that God has peace for me available, peace for you all the time. As I said before, something that's happened to us in the past has made us feel like our peace is out of reach, that we either need to get it from somebody else or we have to protect it desperately. But it's God's peace. It is the peace of God that protects our hearts. And so where we're trying desperately to get what we need or protect ourselves or to manage all these emotions, these things that go through our hearts and minds, that it's God's peace that's available to us already that we can access to feel connected, that we can feel that sense of wholeness, that there's no anxiety that comes in the peace that God has for us. And actually, if we look at the original Hebrew for that word, shalom, wholeness is what's implicated there, that we, in having peace, it's not just tranquility, it's a oneness and a wholeness within ourselves and our relationship with God that we can walk in all through our lives. So this is something we don't really have to manufacture on our own. It's, it's actually not something we manufacture on our own. It's a gift. And so all we have to do is learn to receive it. And now I'll admit, that's easier said than done. When receiving things from people has been scary, has left us vulnerable, has left us powerless, has hurt us, then sometimes we attribute those same things to God and we're not sure that we could receive from him. And that's something that as we look at how do I get reconnected, that relationship between you and God is the first thing to establish and know that his peace he gives in entirety, it's a perfect peace. It surpasses everything, all understanding, all circumstances. And accessing that takes practice. And trusting him firstly also is something that takes practice. When we've been hurt by people, we tend to think that we have to do everything on our own. And God wants us to yield to his love and put all of that down and know that in the meantime, what he wants to give us is perfect peace. And accepting God's perfect peace also means we have to accept ourselves. We have to accept that there are flaws that we have. We have to accept that there are vulnerabilities. We have to accept his forgiveness for things we're not proud of. And there's this sense sometimes of like, oh, I'm just, I'm not good enough. Like, how could I ever be good enough? And that's what Jesus 
That's what his death and resurrection was all about, was not having to be good enough. And I know that there's this great popular thing out there right now where you are enough. And really what makes us enough is Jesus. So you can accept actually that on your own, you're not enough. I found so much freedom in that, in accepting that I am not enough without Jesus, but that Jesus makes me enough, that I am chosen and loved by him just because he's good, not because I'm good. And that that allows me to accept his peace, that allows me to accept his forgiveness and really allows me to settle in that. Something I learned then in the process of accepting my flaws actually was then accepting my uniqueness. And I think that's funny that that would happen, but in being able to say that, yes, I have places that I have to work on or things that are not perfect about me, they don't exclude me from love, then that caused me to look at the things that I did love already about myself. And so I started to discover just those special traits that God put inside of me, the interests he put inside of me, and I really wanted to start taking better care of myself. And in taking better care of myself and connecting to the things that God put in me, I realized that they were places where he wanted me to enjoy parts of himself that he'd put inside of me. So to explain this in a better way, for example, myself, I'm a creative person. I like to decorate my bachelor's degree was in design. It's something that I enjoy a creative process. And so when I look at that, I realize that God is a creator. God is the creator. And he created all of the things that are seen and unseen. He created me. And so my ability and desire to create is a piece of God inside of me that he wants me to enjoy and understand him as the creator even better through my own creativity. And so in exercising that creativity, I learned more love for myself, but then I learned more love for God in the process. And so it kind of was this back and forth. And in doing so, I realized where my needs fit into that. So in being a creative person, I need to have time to express that. I need to have some downtime to do those things. And it's okay for me to ask for those things and to carve that out in my time with myself, my time with God, and as my time relates to other people. And then in that, we can explore God's call for ourselves as we are exploring what it means to accept ourselves. And so knowing that God had a purpose for you from the beginning, and it included all of you, all of your walk, your strengths, your weaknesses, your successes, your failures, all of those things come into play when it comes into acting out the purpose that he had for you. You realize that your life is precious and unique to God on its own. And that's a huge honor. And so when I look at my call and my creativity and my talents and how all those things go together, it really gave me a new sense of myself and a sense of my peace that I wanted very much to embrace and not let anyone come in and disturb that. And so where I had been very open to all kinds of relationships, I realized, no, in doing this, you're disturbing your peace. You're leaving yourself open to feel vulnerable and rejected and misunderstood because you're going to just all the wrong places to fill this need to connect. But when I'm connecting to God through my creativity, when I'm connecting to God through worship, when I'm connecting to God through the word and just time alone with him, that all that peace that comes from that relationship 
then it's something I want to pour out on other people. It's not something I have to protect because it's in like readily available supply anytime I need it. And it's not something I need to go get from other people because I have it from the one who supplies it in perfect abundance at any time. And so then we can see that how our reconnecting to God and reconnecting to ourselves then plays into reconnecting to people rightly in our relationships. That our understanding of ourself and our giftedness and our purpose then is played out in our relationships. And it's a give and a receive. It's an exchange. That healthy relationships are built on being able to give and receive in an appropriate way. And certainly there's going to be relationships like with our kids, for example, where we're doing a whole lot more of the giving. And that's okay because we know that our trust in that situation is in God, that we trust that God will yield a harvest in the things that we're pouring in. But then when it comes to our maybe romantic relationships or friendships that we realize that for them to be healthy, there does have to be an equal yoking there, an equal investment And it all comes from that sense of, I have peace and I want to protect your peace. And that comes out in the way that we treat each other and the way that we enact the call that God has on our lives. And then it makes it easy for us to recognize those times when we're in relationships where the peace is being disturbed and we're able to say, perhaps I need to set a boundary here. Perhaps this is a relationship I need some space from. Or perhaps I need to let a need be known. I need to let it be known that I need some space or that I need more communication and not be afraid to ask for those things because we are afraid that we're going to be disconnected or we're going to cause a problem or that the nature of the relationship is going to change that our peace becomes so important and their peace becomes important that we want always for there to be an openness and an exchange that happens there. And so that's where loneliness really cannot take a hold anymore, this longing, because you're connected to God, you're connected to yourself, and you're connected to other people in a way that is super fulfilling. And then that need to be in a relationship, I mean, you might still want it. I still want it. That desire to be in a relationship isn't necessarily going to go away, but it's something that can be a part of this exploring of life and can be exciting instead of something that feels like we're at the mercy of it. So when we look at loneliness as kind of this peace economy and peace between God, ourselves, and other people, then we can see very practically what steps we can take to make changes right where we're at. And I want to give you some suggestions based on some things that have helped me, but there's certainly more beyond this. One of the first being just time with God. And however that looks for you, time in the Word, a devotional worship. It, it changes to me. It is this thing. It's not a certain time. It's something that happens all throughout the day. And there's a fluidity in it. And it's not the same every day. There's certainly some routine that's in there and that helps. But it's also being at the whim of the Holy Spirit moving and showing me where I need him to fill me and in what way. And if you're in the practice of doing those things, then being able to access that peace when you need it is so much easier. And so that's the first component, definitely, in getting reconnected to God. And I also find, though, in reconnecting to yourself, that taking time to correct maybe some patterns of behavior or some thinking can be really helpful And so, again, that can come through wise counsel and mentoring and the word and things like that. And it can also come through things like counseling and therapy. 
And I think that it's important that that comes from a Christian basis so that we understand that just because I understand my thought process does not mean I'm at the mercy of it. Doesn't mean that just because I've gone through this past thing and I have these behaviors doesn't mean that I'm powerless to change it. And I've found that there have been times where I have felt that. And knowing that God gives me the power through the Holy Spirit to overcome any pattern of behavior, any thought process is really essential in connecting those two pieces. But I think it's important for us to be talking to people who talk to people. (laughs) And that way we can see what we don't see and know what we don't know. And sometimes it is easier for us to do that with people who know us. And sometimes it's easier to do that with maybe somebody who doesn't. And then when it comes to reestablishing good connections with other people, certainly dating might be a part of that, but I want you to also consider how you're connected to your community. How are you connected in fellowship to other women, whether they're single or not, and how you're just moving through life together, how you're moving through life as moms together, how you're interacting with maybe your brothers in Christ and understanding what it is to have healthy male-female friendship relationships and you know the context for being able to give and receive being in a safe environment before you like launch yourself into the deep end and consider dating and if we look at the order of these things i think it's so essential that we understand that that connection to god and yourself has to happen before a good romantic relationship can blossom that you're going to be walking into any kind of romantic relationship if you feel that is the way that god is calling you into the future in this really whole and unified connected place if you have done those things first and so the order is really essential but that it doesn't mean that you just like go straight into romantic relationships it can also mean just that healthy give and take that comes from being a part of a fellowshipping community so through agape moms i've been committed to figuring out new ways that we can do this as a community and one of the things that i've done is created an e-course a digital course And it's called From Lonely to Alive, A Single Mom's Guide to Life and Love. And what it is, is a course where I teach seven exercises that you can use throughout your daily life to just create those new thought patterns and embrace new ways of relating to God and yourself and other people to help strip away those feelings of loneliness and allow you to live a really thriving life. On top of that, I've also created a private Facebook group called Beloved Collective where you can meet with other single moms and just, again, give and receive and exchange that healthy connection with other women who are going through the same season as you are to help tear down that feeling of isolation and loneliness. And to help with the devotional side of that, I've also created a weekly video devotional that goes along with every episode of the podcast. And that's on YouTube. It comes out every week. And you can receive notifications for that by subscribing to the Agape Moms YouTube channel so that you can even just lay in bed and listen to the devotional and take some of what we've talked about here on the podcast and apply it into your daily life. So as we move into 2021, I want you to really consider where you're at now in your connectivity with God and yourself and other people and look for those exciting opportunities where you can start fresh and not look at the past, not look at the things that we've done wrong. And if we do, only look at them as indicators of where we can improve. But know all the while that God has the peace that you need to get you into the places that he wants you to be, into relationships that are healthy and thriving. 
and to just enjoy life no matter what season that you're in. And as you do that, I'm excited to be along on the journey with you. And I'm praying for you always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.